Alright. What's up, y'all? Wes Rucker, Patrick Brown, coming to you from the Fort Rucker Sunroom Alternate Studio on a Wednesday evening. And Patrick, this is not going to be a full podcast. This is going to be another breaking news podcast. And unfortunately, it's not for the for the best reasons for Tennessee football. Tell me why we're here. Yes, uh, Tennessee's top defensive lineman, Emmett Gooden, uh, really their only guy with any semblance of returning experience has, has torn his ACL. Uh, he will miss the rest of the season. Happen in practice on Tuesday night, Jeremy Pruitt announcing the uh, full season diagnosis uh, and the news after Wednesday's practice, which was Tennessee's first in full pads. Yeah, and, and again, for, for those of you who, who need to, to have a, a complete reset on this, Tennessee's defensive line, all three guys from last season that were starters are gone. They're now um, either playing professionally or trying to play professionally. They're all moving on to the next stage in their life. And Emmett Gooden was the only guy returning on the defensive line who had significant experience and significant production last season I believe he had uh, something like 33 tackles which was as many as someone like Shai Tuttle despite playing half of the snaps this was a guy who was going to be the nose guard in Tennessee's you know 3-4 defense he was going to stay on the field for loose down situations this was going to be their main guy at least with the first team defense in the middle so now what where do they go from here well they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of bodies um, but they don't really have any proven guys. I mean, you look at, at last season, their top five defensive linemen were the three seniors that are now gone. Paul Bain was a second-team guy that was also a senior. He's gone. Uh, and, and Gooden was the other guy that was a consistent, had a consistent role. That third spot on the second-team defensive line kind of rotated and, uh, and changed throughout the season. It wasn't a consistent guy there. So uh, I think you look at what they have back, uh, not including Aubrey Solomon's production, which wasn't very much at Michigan because he missed – he only played in five games because of true, injuries. True. I think they only have like 18 tackles back. Um, and, and all those are from Matthew Butler uh, and John Mincy. So um, you're looking at it. And this is a position group that I think there were 12 guys going into it before Karat Garland went into the transfer portal, yes. before this injury to Gooden. I think nine of them were eight. Uh, nine of them, I should say, were first or second year guys, guys that this coaching staff had brought in in the past two recruiting classes. So you yeah. have a lot of guys that either haven't been on campus long or haven't played football very long. Um you know, the junior college guys are, uh, you know, they haven't played at this level. A lot of guys redshirted last year. A few of them are four-game redshirts, so just a lot of inexperience. But um, watching them a lot in the first four practices, it's a hard-working group. And uh, I, I know Jeremy Pruitt and Tracy Rocker are both old-school kind of guys. They're not going to sit and sulk too long about the hand they've been dealt. They're going to uh, put their foot forward and go from there. But, yeah, it's a big question what they're going to do uh, at nose tackle because there really hadn't been a clear-cut second option there behind Gooden. Um, they'll have to figure out some guys and, and figure out who's who, who their best option there is now. Yeah, and for perspective on this, I, I was talking to someone in the program uh, not long, maybe a couple hours before we recorded this this podcast this evening, and, and I said something to the effect of, you know, if I were to make a list of about 10 guys on this team, I, I, you just really didn't want to lose, this guy's definitely on it. And the person in the program looked at me and said, higher than that, top five. This is someone, point blank period, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. This is not somebody they wanted to lose. And the reason for that is clear when you look at the production with the defensive line, but I'm talking schematically now, really quickly. He is the guy on the nose. He is about a 300-pound man. He is strong. He's an older guy, so he's got that bigger body. He can hold up against a couple blockers. The rest of Tennessee's defensive linemen, I don't know that I see any natural – just proven guys who can sit right on the nose. You see someone like Elijah um, 
Simmons is someone who might be able to do that in time. You know, maybe someone like a Savion Williams, maybe if he puts on a little weight, could do that. I don't see Daryl Middleton as that kind of guy. I see him more of a more of a defensive end in a three-four. I don't know who they have on this team right now who can step in on the nose and prevent them from getting kind of mashed there at the line of scrimmage. And that, to me, is why it's a huge concern. Yeah, and I think two other guys that are maybe good or potential fits there are Kingston Harris and Greg Emerson, who are yes. redshirt freshmen. Yes. I mean, Harris spent most of last season on the, on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, they moved him back to the defensive line late in the season. He worked there in the spring. But uh, another big body, but you just wonder how can they hold up and – uh, Emerson is a guy that's come off injuries. He's looked okay at times, and other times it looks like he's still a little bit of ways uh, away from being a contributor. But uh, and, we, and we should mention this is a really tough blow to Emmett Gooden, who heard a lot of good things about him this off season. Yes, he seemed like that a shouldn't guy. Be, that shouldn't be lost in this. He had a heck of a story in terms of committing to Tennessee <laughs> so early in his career, and then going on kind of an odyssey journey. And and it's being a on, good yeah, story. Being on last chance, you getting here. Uh, it, you know, he was ready and and. and Looked like he had worked himself into being ready for the role that he was going to be mm-hmm. playing this year for Tennessee. And so uh, it's tough for him. Uh, he does have a redshirt year. We should mention that. He will be back next season. Uh, I think if there is a silver lining, that's it. Yeah, I think Jeremy Pruitt said that, you know, they hope he's ready for the spring. That's kind of what they're working towards uh, after he undergoes surgery, which will probably be next week. Uh, but yeah, this is, uh, and, and you, I think you hit it right on the head. This was probably one of the top five guys Tennessee could least afford to lose. And, the, and they lose it, you know, a week into practice. Hadn't even had a full pad practice yet. So. Uh, I guess there, if there is a good news to it, it's that Tennessee's got two weeks to really work these guys really hard, mix around, figure out some things. Uh, and, and I think the biggest issue uh, and the biggest problem it creates is you're going to be counting on guys who, you know, maybe like an Elijah Simmons or a Darryl Middleton was, you know, could come in and give you 20 snaps a game, 15 snaps a game. But now you're going to be counting on some of those guys, maybe even uh, a Matthew Butler or a John Mincy. Uh, you're going to be counting on those guys to play more now. They're going to be having to play starter-like reps, and um, and that may not be something that they're quite ready to do. And and we all know in this league, if if you can't if you can't stop the run, you've got very little chance of winning. So, uh, but I, I think very highly of Tracy Rocker as the defensive line coach. I know I Jeremy too. Jeremy Pruitt does as well, and so uh, he's got his work cut out for him now, and and he's got to get these guys in shape. And something we haven't even mentioned yet is you know what happens if Aubrey Solomon's not eligible. I mean that uh, that's been huge all off season. Uh, Boy, and, that's even more important and, now. And it, it, every time we think it's not that, you know, every time we think it's not that important, I mean, it it, it has to happen now. And so, uh, if he doesn't, I, he and even Solomon's not a traditional nose tight, but he would have to play it. He, he might, ha- yeah. He he's another guy. I don't think we mentioned that that could play there. Um, I think he played on the interior at Michigan. I don't. I don't. I'm not totally sure if they do a three four. They're very. Don. They're very multiple. Harbaugh's uh, pretty modern in yeah, that way. And, and you know, Don Brown's one of the best defensive coordinators in, in the game up there. So. Um, he's a guy that could potentially play in the middle, but yeah, I think that's that's the biggest hole that they're missing is that is that kind of that big body in there that could maintain take on double teams, maintain his gap, and occasionally get in the backfield to make plays. Yeah, you did mention there are two silver linings there, and I think they we should mention those because this is not a great news situation for Tennessee, but there are two pieces uh, a silver lining to this. One, Emmett Gooden does still have a redshirt year available, and next season. If he comes back stronger than ever, hey, you're talking about a big, strong man who can do a lot of damage uh, as a guy who, who's older, and he already looks like he's 34 years well, old. He, so. he turns 23 in February. Yeah, I mean, so, he, yeah. He, yeah, he he he'll he'll be a full size man. He'll be BYU aged at that point, basically for next season. I think uh, that's the one silver lining. The second one is that this did not happen 
the week of the first game. It, and it didn't even happen maybe, let's say, a week after the second, you know, just like Brandon Kennedy's situation last yeah. year with his torn ACL. That happened after the first game of the season. So you're looking at a situation now where that would have been the worst case scenario because you have all camp to start preparing for these things. And then if you go into the season, like the first the game of the the, the, the week of the first game or right after the first game, and then you lose somebody – you could have spent all camp preparing for that, and, and you probably didn't because you can't prepare for every single contingency. Now, uh, at least this is bad news you're getting early because now you have a full camp, more or less, in pads to sit there and figure out what you've got. Now, the bad news, Pat, is, is that there was a quote that, that Jeremy Pruitt had when he was speaking about this situation, and it, it, it brought me back in my mind to something that was not a great memory for Tennessee. He did not say the phrase sack of potatoes. Well, but, he basically did. But he basically said there's 10 guys there now, and a lot of them are very similar. He said they have different strengths and different weaknesses, but overall they're the same kind of players. I'm going to translate that for you. That means that they have a whole bunch of incomplete defensive linemen. Now, you can maybe put that together, and you can kind of make a, a misfit toy situation there where you make it work. Maybe you rotate very, very heavily, so you've always got fresh legs in there, like really fresh. Maybe you play all 10 guys, say screw it, and go play them all. Uh, that might be what I would think about doing. But you have to find a way to patch this together now uh, without kind of a linchpin piece in the middle. And, hey, it's football. Things happen. This is what you got now for Tennessee. You have to put this together. Do you think they have the sort of wherewithal on the coaching staff, the acumen there? Do you think they have the ability up front with the players? Can they put this together? I mean, they're going to have to. They don't have any They don't have any choice. I mean, it's, it's a good it's answer. sort of sink or swim right now. And, and yeah, and I think what you're doing, if you're, if you're Tennessee and if you're Jeremy Pruitt and if you're Tracy Rocker, you're hoping that over the next couple of weeks you see differences in guys. You see guys start to emerge. You see guys start to, to get ready and, and show that they're more able to help you uh, and maybe a bigger role. Uh, and, and, you know, Wednesday was their first day in full pads. So you're at the very start of really getting a judge what these defensive linemen can do. Uh, and, and he even said it, too, that some of these guys look really good in position drills, but then when they get to 11-11, there's a lot more going on, all these kinds of things. It kind of uh, kind of muddies them up a little bit. And, and something that Tracy Rocker said back in the spring, and, and I think the biggest question mark for Tennessee's defensive line moving forward and something they're not, you know, not going to be able to answer between now and, and the first game is they don't have any guys that know what it's like to be in a, in a line of scrimmage battle for 40, 50 snaps every Saturday, week in and week out. Yep. They, they don't have any guys that have been through it and know uh, what it takes to, to get ready for it mentally and physically during the week and, and to kind of prepare and, and, you know, how you handle your body after a tough game and, and all these things. They don't have many guys that, that have done that. Aubrey Solomon's one of them. He's, mm -hmm. He did a little bit at Michigan. You know, that's a big-time program. He's uh, Again, he wasn't a guy that played 50 snaps a game up there, but uh, he played a little bit, so uh, he's probably got the most experience, but – uh, those are the two big questions to me is now you're, you're going to be forcing guys that maybe aren't ready to play as much. They're going to have to play more than you probably wanted them to going in in, a, in an ideal situation. Uh, and the other question, and we talked about it, is who's going to be the nose guy? Because you may have to take a guy that was going to play defensive end. Maybe it's Savion Williams. Uh, if you know, We'll see how, how ready Elijah Simmons is. It's just really tough to maybe, ask maybe, a freshman. Maybe Matthew Butler gets more reps there now. Or I, just, I don't they, know. They'll probably try everybody. They'll try all sorts of different combinations. We've sort of already seen that through four practices or so. So um yeah it's it's they they've got a little bit of time they've got you know the, the bulk of camp to figure this out um and they don't you know they don't really have any choices it's it's kind of how coaches are wired it's you know you feel bad for Gooden and and you don't wish it to happen but 
now you've got to go and figure out what you're going to do to get through the season and, and to try to make the best out of the situation that you've been dealt. And it does, as a last thing here, it does remind you again that while Jeremy Pruitt, I think, is putting more talent in this program, I think he is uh, adding bulk to a lot of areas. He's reinforcing a lot of areas. This roster is in a much better situation uh, to sort of succeed, I guess, for lack of a better word, than it was last season. But that is all still very paper thin in some areas. And there are some guys that when they get hurt, it's just going to hurt Tennessee more than what others because they haven't had time to stack these classes and really build this thing yet. So there's a there's a Mount Rushmore of guys there. Uh, and if they got hurt, it was going to be tough. This was one of those faces. So here's where you are. And this is one of those position groups. I think the staff has flipped really quickly. I mean, yes. you look at the 12 guys they had. Physically, they're a lot better. Going into the season, it was nine guys this staff had brought in two guys that were playing tight end this time a year ago yeah uh, and Matthew Butler is the only guy that predates the current coaching staff he's the only holdover from the previous regime so still looks like a million bucks uh, in pads Matthew yeah a Butler. lot of these guys look the part and now they've got to they've got to find a way to get them to play the part and they've got to get some of these guys to create separation and, and show that they can uh, handle what's going to be now a bigger role I think the onus is on everybody uh, I don't think there's one clear situation they aren't going to be able to replace Emmett Gooden with just one guy it's going to have to be a group effort and yep. it's going to have to be a collective uh, sort of improvement and development from everybody on the defensive line. I think that's a pretty good place to leave it. Guys, I know some of y'all have been asking, when are we going to have more of our uh, regular kind of full-length podcasts? Uh, we're not changing the plan that way. We're still going to have those. It's just that when things come up like this, when there's a big commitment, when there's an injury, when there's a major situation, we're going to come to you with one of these quick hitters. Uh, but then weekly, still at least once a week, we're going to have our regular podcasts. Everything will be going on uh, as scheduled. And good news, I think the uh, I think upstairs – I think we're almost ready. I think this weekend we'll finally have everything ready there. So good news. You can find all of us on social media there at facebook.com slash govals247 and twitter.com slash govals247, or you can go straight to govals247.com for 30% off of an annual subscription right now. Go do that. Don't hesitate. Camp time. You want to know what Tennessee's going to do with defensive line? We're going to tell you a little bit here, but we're going to tell you everything there. So go to govals247.com. Pat, any final thoughts? No. No.